friends, welcome to another episode of Making Disciples. Uh, my name is Chris Rogers and I am your host of this podcast and this podcast is meant to be talking about the Christian faith in, in real simple terms and today's podcast we're going to be exploring uh, just this idea of peace and contentment. How do we find peace and contentment? And the idea is we find peace and contentment when we're able to put our worries in the appropriate place. Uh, when we worry to ourselves, when we wake in the middle of the night and we're worrying and we're anxious about something, what we are doing we, is we are praying to ourselves. And when we pray to ourselves, we place our worry uh, in our own power to try and resolve it. And we become more anxious and we become more worried. Uh, actually, God wants to give us a way of placing our anxiety in an appropriate place uh, where it becomes peace rather than worry. So today's podcast is exploring contentment uh, and peace uh, particularly through prayer. Now, before we get there, I just want to give you a heads up. There's a couple of things happening in October that I'd love you to know about. If you live in the UK, and I know that so many of the listeners uh, to this podcast aren't in the UK, but if you're in the UK on the 10th of October, I'm giving a lecture at St. Albans Cathedral uh, in the evening. I'll put a link in the show notes. Uh, and it's a lecture on science fiction and Christianity. And I'm a big sci-fi fan. And uh, in that lecture, we're going to be exploring how Christianity is explored in science fiction and how uh, we might understand uh, faith through science fiction. And we're going to have some stormtroopers there from the UK garrison. I'm a part of this uh, group who dress as stormtroopers. We go to Great Ormond Street Hospital and we go to other charity events uh, as stormtroopers to raise money for charity. And we're going to have some on the door uh, that night as well. So if you're into science fiction, Star Wars, Star Trek, or any sci-fi uh, movie, then that evening you would love it. 10th of October. Uh, again, I'll put something in the show notes. Then on the 12th of October, on the Saturday, I'm doing a quiet day at St. Catherine's House, which is like an old priory in East London. And it's a day's retreat from 10.15 to 4.13. It's a quiet day. And in it, all I'm going to do is give uh, some thoughts around discipleship and then let people have lots of quiet time to go away and reflect. Uh, and we're going to be thinking about how Jesus is influencing our head, our hearts and our hands. So if you want to come on a quiet day and have a day's retreat uh, with me, uh, then book in to that day at St. Catherine's. And again, I'll put a link to that on the show notes if you're interested. But straight in now to our podcast for today, exploring prayer and peace and contentment. Have you ever woken in the middle of the night and you've been anxious about a bill, you've been anxious about a relationship, have you been anxious about a decision that you to make, uh, have you been anxious about where your life is heading or a relationship that you're in, have you just woken with worry and then you've spent time, hour or two, laid in bed wide awake, uh, worried and absorbed by this anxiety and actually friends when we worry what we do is we end up focusing more and more on ourselves and we become more anxious and more worried because actually we're powerless to deal with a lot of the things that happen in life. It, these things are too big. And uh, unless we find an appropriate place to place our worries and our anxiety, 
then it will just snowball and get bigger and bigger and bigger. And unfortunately, it becomes uh, so overwhelming. It affects your emotional and your mental health. Uh, But God gives us a gift and he gives us the gift of prayer because prayer is meant to be the place where we take our worry and our anxiety and we put it in a safe place. And because we know it's in a safe place, we're able to walk away and not be overwhelmed by it. So if you had been given uh, £200,000 in cash, you might go and find somebody who has a safe that you could lock it in so that you can go home that night and sleep contented knowing that that money was in a safe place. When you know something is in a safe place, you can sleep, you can rest. The same um, really is with prayer. When we pray, we take all of what we are anxious about and we place it in the very capable hands of God. And we say, God, look, you are in charge. Therefore, I'm putting this here and now I can be content and I don't need to worry because I know this is now in an appropriate place. God, you're going to do something about this. And even if God doesn't give you the answer you want with that worry or anxiety, then you know it's, it's got to be the right answer because if God is good, And if he is good all the time, and if God always responds to prayer, uh, it might not be the answer you want, but at least you know it's the right answer. Uh, Today I want to focus on this. Uh, uh, Yeah, I want to focus on this by particularly looking at how Jesus talks about prayer. But it's not just what Jesus says about prayer. What does Jesus do? Because we learn from Jesus not by what we hear him saying, but we also hear from Jesus by what we see him doing. And, and very often we focus on what he says, but we've got to marry up what Jesus says alongside what Jesus does. So Matthew 6, and I'm going to read from verse 6, just a couple of verses here. Matthew 6 verse 6 goes, But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. For your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling on like the pagans, for they think that they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your father knows what you need before you ask him. You know, he knows what's genuine, so he knows what you can ask beforehand. I just want to pull out a couple of things. I want to pull out two things here. One is a challenge and one is an encouragement. And I'm going to do the challenge first and then I'm going to do the encouragement second as we we land. So the challenge Verse six said this, but when you pray, go into your room, close the door and pray to your father who is unseen. I love how he starts here. But when you pray, Jesus, like Jesus said, at some point, I know you're going to pray. At some point, you're going to hit that rock bottom and you are going to do it. Um, I don't know about you, but very often uh, we find ourselves praying when we are at that rock bottom. We are so desperate. There is nothing else. Uh, we could possibly do. God doesn't want you to only pray when you have a problem. God actually wants you to pray uh, all the time because he wants you in all seasons to have a relationship with him. But Jesus is here, but, but when you pray, go into your room. And actually the word room there in the original language is interesting. Uh, we, into your room kind of makes it kind of, well, any room, but it's actually a bit more precise than that. In in the Greek, it actually says go into your private room or your private space. When I was growing up, my gran had a set of stairs and under the stairs was a little door 
And me and my brother would go in, it was pitch black in there, and we'd go and hide under the stairs and we'd play with our toy cars and we'd play with our He-Man and our Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles under there and we'd have a torch. And we'd spend hours playing under the stairs. And the only way my gran could get us out of the stairs was if she got a brush or a, or a yeah, sweeping brush or a broom and she would open the door and physically try to remove us because we were so small, we could get into this little secret space. But she was too big and she phys- physically couldn't get in. Even if she got on her hands and knees, she couldn't get all the way in. So for me, this this place under the stairs was this private closet, this private room that me and my brother could get in, but nobody else. So when Jesus but when you pray, go into your private room. Go into the place where only you can go. A place where you can hide. Now, for some of us, if we live on our own, then your home is your private place. Uh, For some of us, it could be your living room or or a particular room in your house. For those of us that got children, do you know what? Finding a private place when you've got a child is the most difficult thing you can do. Uh, When Becky and I had Isaac, you know, when he was very little... The only private place Becky could find was when she was in the shower. Even going to the toilet wasn't private. Uh, everywhere she went in the house, this little boy wanted to be there. And finding a private place where she could pray and spend time with God was really, really difficult. Time changes, and as times change, routines change, and you find new rhythms. The question is, in the phase of life that you are in right now, with the time and the resources that, you, that you've got. What is your private place? For some of us, the private place, the only space where you lock the door and there is nobody else is the toilet. It's the bathroom. Uh, you lock the door and nobody else can get you. Uh, your bedroom's not private because somebody can, can come in. Um, if you live in community or you're in a flat, you live with others. Now, the kitchen is never going to be your private place because there's lots of people around. The living room is never going to be your private place. Jesus says, when you pray, Go into your private room, your hidden room, where nobody else can find you. Now, why would he say that? Like, what's so important about this that Jesus makes it important? And to recognise that 2,000 years ago, one of the ways that people prayed was they would be in the street, they'd realise, oh, it's 12 o'clock, it's time to pray. And they'd lift up their prayer shawl over their head, they'd face the wall, and in the street they would pray. And it was such a public um, thing that they did. Prayer was something that was so public and it's like Jesus is, is speaking into this world where, where prayer had become such a performance. So what would happen is you'd be walking down the street and you go, wow, he's there again. Have you seen that guy, Bob? Every day he's praying for like 25 minutes. He must be super holy. Or uh, people would be seen at you know, the, the, the prayer wall or the Western wall in the city. He's always there. He's praying for hours on end. Gosh, he must be incredibly holy. Uh, so prayer became a performance. And it was so, prayer was so connected with holiness that it became really unhelpful for people. And in the same way that we so often feel guilty about our prayer lives, people 2,000 years ago, they felt, I just, I, like, I've got children. I've got mouths to feed. Um, there is no way I can spend every hour, you know, every hour praying at the Western Wall. I, I can't do it. And Jesus said, no, you don't need to go to these holy places to pray. But when you pray, go to your private place. Go to the place where only you go. Jesus is removing prayer from something that is public and performance related to go to the place where it's just you and God. Find a place where it's just you and God and get in there. Why would he do that? Because prayer is not about performance, it's about relationship. 
that one of the primary reasons that prayer exists is because God wants to have an intimate and tangible relationship with us. So it's like Jesus says, go into this private place and spend time with me. You know, so often we say things like, oh, I'm just too busy to pray. We say things like, oh, God feels really distant at the moment, so I'm not really praying. Like prayer is the antidote to busyness. And prayer is the antidote to the sense that God is distant. If you want to have a tangible and tender relationship with God, the way to do that is through prayer and worship. There is no shortcut. I've not come across anybody yet that's come up with a way of deepening their relationship with God without it involving prayer and worship. These two things are what creates an intimate space between us and God. If you want a tangible and tender relationship with God, then you need to put in time to build up your relationship with him. And prayer is the only place that this happens. When I was 13 years old, I was dating uh, this girl. I'm not going to name her. Uh, I don't want to embarrass her in, in any way like this. But I was dating this girl about 13 years old. I don't remember if she asked me out or I asked her out. Uh, but we uh, were in the same science lesson together, we were in the same maths lesson together, we sat next to each other in, in science, we'd known each other for a long time, and at some point, one of us must have said something, because we ended up dating. And we dated for no more than about five weeks, it was such a small uh, space of time. And um, I kind of look back on that relationship, and in those five weeks, I have absolutely no recollection whatsoever of ever going out on a date with her. In fact, I have absolutely no recollection of us ever kissing. And I have no recollection of us ever holding hands. So the question is, Chris, did you actually really date her? Did, did she know anything about this? Yes, we did date. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not sure who asked who out, but we, we, this was a real relationship that never met outside of school, that never involved anything that was tender. Uh, there was nothing kind of, there was no kissing going on. There's no handholding going on. I don't remember any of that stuff at all, but I, I know we went out. And after about five, six weeks, she, she came to me in the playground, as you do, and said, Chris, I think this relationship's not working. We're going to have to can it. I'm thinking, was that really a relationship? You know, we titled it a relationship, but actually, is that what it was? And I wonder, um, I was dating her, but do you know what? I wasn't dating her. And I wonder for how many of us in our faith, we, we say that we are dating Jesus, but actually, in reality, we are not dating Jesus. You know, we say that we have a faith and a, re- a relationship with Jesus, but actually, it's nothing more than a title. There's nothing to back up that, claim that we have a faith. If you want to have a relationship with a God that loves you, you've got to put in time to foster that relationship. And this is why Jesus says, but when you pray, go into your private room. So I run this thing called Making Disciples. And if you go to our website, we are makingdisciples.com. There's the online assessment tool. Friends, we've had thousands upon thousands of people use that assessment tool now. And I can give you some incredible data about the uh, discipleship of the church in the UK. And what is really interesting, there's questions there about prayer, around corporate prayer and private prayer. And what I can tell you is more people say that they're praying in church prayer meetings than they are at home. People say they struggle to pray at home, uh, but they are praying corporately with others. But then you look at the numbers of people that turn up to church prayer meetings and you start to say, hang on, but nobody's turning up to church prayer meetings. Is anybody actually praying? And there's so many of us that say, oh, I just want a relationship with God. I feel so distant from God. 
well, actually, are you spending time with God? And it's the same with my wife. It's a real silly illustration. I've used this many times before. I cannot complain if I don't have a relationship with my wife, if I never take her out for coffee and we never sit down and chat together. And we never spend time intimately where it's just the two of us. If you want to have an intimate relationship with God, then you've just got to put the time in. And that's why Jesus says, go into your private room, your special sacred space where it's only you and him. Now, I want to connect this. That's what Jesus says. Let me connect this now with what Jesus does, because it seems to me Jesus always retreats to advance. And this this is a phrase I want you to memorize uh, from today's podcast, to retreat to advance. Before Jesus ever sees change in front of him, he first retreats. So if Jesus wants to see a miracle in his life in front of him, he first retreats. So Jesus, um, do you know what? There's no real proof in the Bible that Jesus ever owned a house. In fact, the best we get is this idea that Jesus says that he has nowhere to lay his head. So it makes it sound like Jesus is a, a, a sofa surfer and that he just goes from one friend to another sofa. And so Jesus doesn't seem to have a house to go to and pray. But what Jesus does, he's got the mountains and the hills. And we're told numbers of times in the Gospels that Jesus retreats into the hills where he has time with God. He then, having had an extensive time with God, comes down and we're told miracles happen. So a couple of examples. Uh, Matthew 14. We're told that Jesus goes off into the mountains and he prays. He then comes down and he walks on the water. The miracle of walking on water first happens because Jesus has retreated into the mountains to pray. Uh, Luke 6, 12, it was one of those uh, days where Jesus has gone out into the mountainside to pray. He spent a night praying and then he comes down and he heals someone. Jesus wants to see breakthrough and before breakthrough, he first retreats to then advance. So if you want to advance through a problem that's in front of you, if you've got a problem that you're anxious about or worried about right in front of you, do what Jesus does. He retreats to into the private place. He retreats to prayer. Then in prayer, he encounters God and then he advances back into the problem. Look, I'm a huge Star Wars fan. And we've just come back from our holidays and one of our big purchases is I bought this, in, this incredible screen accurate uh, lightsaber and growing up I was always interested in, in lightsaber dueling it's sword fighting I watched so many YouTube videos and what's interesting about fencing or sword fighting is if you're a fencer or a sword fighter and you're in the middle of a fight and you're just not getting breakthrough uh, in that fight what you have to do is you f- you first have to step back I like do two or three steps back in the fight creating distance between you and the person you're fighting you gain a moment to pause to breathe and then you advance back into the fight and now you're hopefully able to kind of make breakthrough in that fight the same is with prayer if you want to see breakthrough in your life jesus he retreats he breathes he spends time with god and then he advances back into the problem friends prayer is about asking but it's more than that prayer is about praise but it's more than that prayer is about ritual but you know what it's more than that Prayer is about having intimacy with God, getting to know God and God know you, 
retreating with him to then advance back into life. And look, there are stories, there are lots of versions of this throughout uh, the Bible. A little example, 1 Kings 19, there's a story of, of Elijah. Elijah is the last prophet. He says all the other prophets have been murdered. The people of God have rejected him and have rejected God. It's all falling, fallen short. It's all fallen apart. And he's in a moment where he needs breakthrough. And Elijah then retreats uh, into the wilderness. And in fact, an angel comes to him and says, look, you've not retreated enough. Eat some food, have a drink, go further. So he retreats even further up into the mountain called Horab, which is actually the other name for Mount Sinai, where Moses gets the Ten Commandments. So Elijah retreats up into this mountain to the, the, the most remote place he could possibly get to. And when he gets there... It says that God comes and he meets with Elijah and he meets with him in uh, well, he says there was an earthquake, but God wasn't in the earthquake. Then there was wind and God wasn't in the wind Then God was in the fire and God was not in the fire. But then it says God speaks to Elijah in this remote place in the still small voice. Uh, or you could say uh, God speaks to Elijah with a whisper. And it seems to me that one of the reasons God takes Elijah out into this remote place, this private place, is so he could teach Elijah how to hear the voice of God as a whisper. Why a whisper? Like you think about whispering for a moment. If I went up to a young woman in the street and started whispering in her ear, you say, because that's totally inappropriate. Like, why would you be doing that? Why? Because whispering is intimate. If you're sat having coffee with a friend and you're talking about something that's really delicate, or personal, you might lean into the table and whisper to the other person across the table. Uh, whispering is incredibly intimate. And, and God wants to draw us into the private space so that he can whisper to us. God is the God who wants a tangible and tender relationship with us. So friends, that's the challenge. The challenge is, can you find space to make a private space for only you and God, where you can hear God whispering to you. And it's hard work. Let's be let's be honest. I, finding time and finding space is hard work. But, you know, even 60 seconds in an intimate place with God is powerful. Just just a minute and a half, just two minutes, just three. It's inc- like, if you're one of those people that love sitting in silence for hours on end, bless you. I love it. Go for it. You're amazing. But actually, if you're more like me, finding the 60 seconds, the five minutes where you could just create some space with you and God, they're massive. Like the power in five minutes of prayer and five minutes of intimacy with God is is absolutely huge. So that's my first challenge. Can you create space to engage with your Father in heaven? Then next thing I want to say is this is an encouragement, and this is much shorter, so don't worry. I want to encourage you. In verse 7, it said this. Do not keep on babbling on like the pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them. Friends, this is a, this is massive encouragement. I, if I could get you to raise your hand right now, if I was to say to you, raise your hand if you are somebody that feels like they, they don't pray very well. They're not very good at prayer. Like we all raise our hands. We all feel guilty about prayer. We all think that we, we don't pray well enough. Uh, we think that we don't really know the right words. We don't have the best structure of our prayers. Um, friends, we, we, we're all filled with guilt. And what Jesus does here is he says, look, you don't need to be like those pagans who spend hours like, dribbling on in prayer, babbling on in prayer. You don't need to do that because uh, 
just say it as it is. Like, just be honest and real with God. Just say it as it is. Don't don't keep repeating yourself. So it's like the, the pagans at this time felt that if they could say something for as long as possible, eventually you'll twist God's arm and convince him to do it because he's just had enough of your voice. Uh, they were just going on repeating themselves over and over and over and over. It's like, guys, you don't need to do that. You know, you're not trying to convince God. Like, It's not like you are arm twisting him or wrangling him in to do something. God loves you. And if it's, if this thing you're praying about is good, he'll do it. Like, You don't need to be concerned about that. You just need to say it as it is. And I think for me, this is the most liberating teaching that Jesus gives. This encouragement is God wants to hear you pray in your words, in whatever way works best for you. Don't try to take somebody else's way of praying and make it your way of praying. It's just not going to work. Find your way of praying and just do that. Do whatever is going to give you that relationship with God. If you love praying while there is music on in the background that just stimulates you in prayer, do it. If hiding in a quiet room, totally silent room is your way of praying and you thrive that way, do it. A friend of mine, he's a wild camper. He loves going wild camping, pitches a tent in some random field and goes camping in, the, in, in these remote places. Like he gets, he gets a real thing about going off wild camping. If you love creation, pray there. Like, do it. Like, whatever you need to have a relationship with God to help you pray, do it. Like, get on with it. Jesus says, don't babble on. Don't be like the pagans. Don't be like anybody else, in fact. Don't try to replicate anybody else's way of doing it. Be you. Because God just wants you. And I think that is the biggest encouragement all of us can have. Look, if you pray every day for no more than a couple of minutes, but you're honest and you are real and you are listening to God in that time, go for it. I Start there. I Don't feel concerned about anything else. Just start in that way. In fact, I'd love to give you just a very quick way of praying because I know some of us feel like we need some help in prayer and I'm going to steal this from Pete Gregg. Pete Gregg has written this incredible book recently on prayer and in it he talks about a little structure to pray so let me just share this with you and it's using the letters P-R-A-Y so the letters of pray um, help you in prayer so P stands for pause to stop take a moment breathe pause just allow yourself to breathe in uh, for a second then R is rejoice it's always good to start by rejoicing in what God has done for us. Do you know, friends, we can be so quick to see what God hasn't done yet rather than rejoicing in what God has done. So you're pressed up by saying, God, I just want to thank you for the way that you have been answering uh, that prayer or you did that in that person's life. I just want to rejoice in what you have done. So first you pause, then you rejoice. Just list these things, God, I'm so grateful for. And the next is A, which is ask. That's your shopping list. You just give God your ask list. God, these are the things that are going on for me right now. And Lord, these are the things that are going on for my friends and I'm quite concerned about them. And Lord, I'm quite concerned about these particular situations happening in the country right now. So that's my ask list, Lord. Would you be active and on the move in those areas? So pause, rejoice, ask. And then the Y stands for yield. Now, if you don't know what the word yield is, simply use the word yes. Just, just yeah. It's, it's great to end a prayer by saying something like this. God, I just want to say yes to you. You know what's best. And I've prayed a whole load of stuff there. And if I'm completely honest, I don't know if I've got my own personal agenda and with some of those things. So God, you know best. I'm going to trust you. I want to say yes to what you have planned for me. I want to say yes 
for what you've planned for my day, yes, for my family and my friends. Lord, if there's something you want me to do this week, I just say yes to you. If there's something you want me to say or be to somebody else, I just say yes. Just let me know about it. Uh, so it's great to say just at the end of your prayer time, like, yeah, yes, Lord, I'm in. You are king. I am not. I am your servant. Yes. So I just find this really helpful. I use this uh, on a morning. Pause, rejoice, ask and yield or, or yes. Pray, pause, rejoice, ask or yes or yield. I just find that really helpful. So friends, if you want to find peace and contentment, if you want to live in a world that feels like a fight, the only way to do it is do what Jesus did. If you want to see breakthrough in your life, friends, you have to retreat to advance. You have to retreat into the private place with God to then advance back in to whatever it is that is in front of you. I want to give you a little challenge just this week on this podcast. Here's a little challenge. Can you find just a small amount of time this week to spend some time retreating to advance? If you want to see some breakthrough, retreat into God, find some space. Friends, it might even just be the loo at work. It might be in your coffee break or your work break at work, just to go and hide somewhere, either in a loo or in a garden. Uh, just go and find find a bench, just five minutes, retreat to advance. And if you might want to even try that, doing it, that every day, can you imagine every lunch break, if you were able to go and find a spot, just to go and retreat to advance. I think you see just these incredible breakthroughs of God as you spend time with him and then you go back into the situation. So friends, I hope you find that really helpful. Thank you for listening to our podcast. It is awesome by how many of you are downloading and listening to this podcast weekly. I am so thrilled by the response that we're getting uh, from all of you over this podcast. It is just outstanding. I am loving uh, hearing what you have to say, getting your feedback, hearing how you're sharing it with friends. So friends, can I please do that? Could you, if you're on Apple, could you give us a little five-star review? It's really helpful because it helps you go higher on the list uh, on the Apple podcast. Um, and we just found out that we're in the top 1,000 Christian podcasts in America. Now, there must be a lot of podcasts in America. So to get the top 1,000, for me, that is thoroughly exciting. Uh, but an Apple uh, review... Uh, on, on iTunes is, is really helpful but whatever you're using please give us a review give us a thumbs up give us a like give us a share uh, we would absolutely appreciate that it's just so helpful in getting the podcast out there but friends until next week grace and peace <laughs>